Thank you for tuning in to Timely and Timeless Truth Podcast with Danny Varghese. We hope and pray that you will be blessed by the hearing of the Word of God. Here is Danny Varghese with today's scripture meditation. There was a man, not just any man. He was a king, a recently installed king made some choices, some resolutions, some decisions before he began to rule over the people and over the nation. Who is this king? We've all heard of him. We may have even read about these resolutions in passing, but may not have paid attention to them before. But it's worth noting them. It's worth paying attention to them. It is in the scriptures. It is in the section of the Psalms. It is in a short psalm of just eight verses. And in that particular psalm of just eight verses, there are ten or so resolutions that this king has made or is noted that this king has made. So what is the essence of these resolutions? Why is he making these resolutions? This king, he's striving to make his monarchy or kingdom similar to that of God's kingdom and God's monarchy. Martin Luther is said to have exposited over 80 pages just on this particular psalm. And the reason as to why he did that is because he was deeply concerned about the civil government. He was deeply concerned of the kind of qualities that every Christian ought to have, every ruler, every king, every president should have. It is also said that in a particular country, If an official had done anything wrong, immediately a copy of the psalm would be sent to that official so that he can realign himself with this particular psalm, with what's listed here, these qualities, these resolutions. Which psalm is it? It is Psalm 101. The first verse says this, I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord, I will make music. Here, this king is calling out to God and invoking his name and his attributes, his mercy, his judgment, his loving kindness, and his justice. Who is this king? It is King David. It is a man who God testifies as a man after my own heart. He calls upon God. He calls upon his attributes before he begins to rule. And why is that? Because he wanted those attributes, the mercy and the judgment of God, to temper his administration as well. Because he had adoringly experienced that in God. And why is it that he calls upon both mercy and judgment of God? One person said it this way, God's mercy encourages the greatest of sinners to hope. God's judgment or justice forbids the best of men to presume. See, both go together, mercy and judgment, loving kindness and justice. And so David understood that. And so he wanted to have principles that were rooted in God, that were rooted in this kind of a balance that God had in how He would lead His monarchy and how He led His kingdom. 
love, mercy, and justice and judgment are understood in light of each other. Here is David after calling upon God and calling upon the attributes of God. He goes on to verse 2 and there he lists the first resolution. And what is it? He says, I will ponder the way that is blameless. I will ponder the way that is blameless. What does the word ponder mean? It means to meditate upon. It means to think deeply about something. It means to think long about something. What are some things that we think deeply about, that we meditate upon, that we consume our mind with? Here is King David saying, I will ponder the way that is blameless, that is blameless, that is righteous, that is good, that is not evil, that is most beneficial, that is good. A way that is blameless, he understands that to be a holy life. He understands such a life to be one that is lived wisely and ruled wisely. He understands that a holy life, a blameless life, is a wise life. And so the first resolution that he makes is, I will ponder the way that is blameless. I will think about, I will meditate upon that which is right, that which is blameless, that which is good. He King David, he wanted his reign to be marked by these remarkable qualities that we are talking about here. The more he came into power, he understood that his character would be exposed. Isn't that true? The more a person comes into power, his true character is exposed. And so David understood that, and so he wanted to temper himself and his administration before he began to actually rule. Before he came into power, he wanted to correct, he wanted to adjust himself, he wanted to behave wisely. And so, after making this resolution, he says, Oh, when will you come to me? In the latter part of verse 2. He's saying, I need your presence, O God, for me to do that which is right. Would you cover me with your presence? Would you go with me? Would you guide me as I rule, as I am appointed king? over this nation. It is only possible with God because He is that which is blameless. He is the one that is blameless. And so David calls upon God Himself to come to him, His presence to engulf him. Next he says in the same verse, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will walk with integrity of heart within my my house. What does the word integrity mean? It can mean honesty, but it goes a little beyond honesty. It is when reality matches up with our words. It's when our actions match up with our words. It aligns. And so David is saying, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Notice he says, within my house. Not outside first, not in the public first, within my home, within my space within my household. I desire to do that first, he says. He's striving to reform himself first because he understands that he cannot make a city, a community, a neighborhood, a kingdom, a nation any better if he does not know how to behave in his own house. 
Charles Spurgeon said it this way, what you are at home is what you are indeed. What we are at home is what we are indeed. What I am at home is what I am indeed. In other words, my true self is revealed at home, and that's who I am. It is hardest to walk, to live within our home. It's very easy to live outside. It's very easy to live in the public. But it's hardest to live in our own homes. It is in the home that God often transforms us, educates us, develops us, makes us who He wants us to be in how we deal with those that are within our home. It is the place of sanctification. Our homes are the places of sanctification. It is the training ground that God uses to develop each one of us, each one of our characters. And so David says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house, not outside first, but within my house. And that is the second resolution that he makes. What is the next resolution? What is the third resolution that he makes? He says in verse 3, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. What are some of the things that we set before our eyes? What are some of the things that we look at, that we look at just so easily now? What are some things that we set before our eyes? Why is it important that David says that I would not set anything before my eyes that is not worthwhile, that is worthless? I will not do that. Because he understands that it is through the eyes that the heart gets fed. So whatever is fed through the eyes, it's deposited into the heart. The Bible says, your eye is the lamp of the body. Whatever is fed through the eye, it goes to the heart. There are many wicked things that we can set before our eyes, and David understood that and, and knew that. The lust of the eyes, the lure of the world, all of these things are right before our eyes. But the question is, will we set our eyes on them? Will we gaze? Will we fix our attention on those things that are worthless? David understands here very clearly that the discipline of the eyes is the primary measure of godliness. And so he makes this third resolution, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. In essence saying, I will only set before my eyes only that which is worthy. Which is worthy. Amen. So, here is King David making the same resolution, the same covenant that Job made, who said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How many of us will make that resolution? To not set anything before my eyes that is worthless, because ultimately it goes to my heart. And what's in my heart is then how I act, is then what determines how I act and what comes out of me. That's the third resolution he makes. He says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. And then the latter part of verse 3 Resolution number four, he says, I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. I hate the work. He doesn't say, I hate those who have fallen away. He doesn't say, I will hate the people who have fallen away. He says, I will hate the work. He will hate the sin of those who have fallen away, who have gone away from God, who have gone away from God's presence. It shall not cling to me. David knows very well that 
Sin is very sticky. It can easily cling on to you, much like glue. It can easily stick on to you and it's very hard to take off. And so David is saying, I will hate the work. I will hate the sin. I will hate the evil. I will hate that which is bad of those who have fallen away and it shall not cling to me. That is the resolution that I as a king will make. He decides that he will not have anything to do with it. I will hate it. What a strong word, right? He is determined to make that choice. And it is important that we, even when we make these resolutions, that we make these resolutions with, with seriousness and that we are stern and strict about what are some of these things that we are deciding on because it ultimately determines who we are as people, as individuals. More importantly, yes, these are resolutions of a king, but each of us individually, we each govern our little spaces, our little kingdoms, our little areas of influence. And if so, all of these resolutions are just as important to us, which is why it is important to pay attention to what David decides to do. The next resolution he makes is this. Verse 4, A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. I will know nothing of evil. In other words, he's saying, I will know everything of that which is good. Similar to what he just said, right? I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I will hate the work of those who fall away. But he's becoming even more specific and he's saying, I will distance myself from perverse things. What does perverse mean? What does that mean? It means to twist that which is the truth. It is to have an ill will towards that which is naturally known to be the truth. It's the absolute truth. But we live in a time where the truth is twisted, modified, adjusted to fit our inclinations. And so David is saying, I will distance myself from any, any of that which is not the truth. He's saying, I will distance myself from a perverse heart. And he echoes what's said in 1 Corinthians 15, that bad and evil company corrupts good habits, good character. He understands that. So all of this is a reference to his sphere of influence. Who will he allow to influence his life, his character, and his habits? is what he's essentially deciding upon here. He's saying that I will distance myself from a perverse heart. I will know nothing of that which is evil, and I will know everything of that which is good. In other words, I will determine to only feed that which is good. Next, what does he say in verse 5? Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Isn't it bad enough that someone talks about another individual? It's bad enough to do that, but it's even worse to do that in someone's absence. And so David is saying that whoever slanders his neighbor secretly in his absence, I will destroy. I will have no part with that. One person said it this way, that when you talk about someone, slander someone in his absence or her absence and does it secretly, it is a triple tongue. It is a triple threat. In other words, you're inflicting wounds on three 
parties. Number one, you're inflicting wound on the speaker, on yourself when you do that. If you do that, you're inflicting a wound on the person who's hearing it immediately. Second tongue, second threat, second wound. And the third wound is the person whom you and I are slandering. It's the third wound. So see the, see the gravity of this act the negative damaging implications of this act. And David is saying he's determining, he's resolving to not do that. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Again, a strong word. I will have no part with it. I will cut off any attachment with that kind of a behavior. He says, I will not do that. I will not entertain it. And then he says in the same verse, whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will not endure. How is pride manifested? It is manifested in our eyes. It can be seen in our eyes. And David is saying, even the very look of pride, I will detest. I will detest because he understands that pride goes before the fall. What is the quickest way to fall? The quickest way to fall is to be prideful. And David is saying that I will have no part with those that have a haughty look and are arrogant in heart. I will not endure it. I will not even sustain an attachment to such a thing, even for a little while. I will not endure it. I will not take that on. It will have no part with me. And then he says in verse 6, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. In other words, he's saying that I will be careful as to who I appoint within my sphere of influence within my circle of influence. I want to make sure it is those people that are faithful in the land that will dwell with me, that will be a part of me, the humble and not proud, the faithful and not proud. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. He's saying, the very people that I appoint, the very people that I associate myself with, I will make sure that they will help me grow. They will help me develop. They will equip me further, that they will make me an even better person, he's saying, that they will minister to my heart, that they will minister to me as iron sharpens iron. I will make sure that I only associate myself with those that will do that to me. What resolutions King David makes? Some very strong and bold resolutions that a ruler, that a king makes. Think about the impact of a ruler, of a king who makes such resolutions. And notice the last resolution that he makes is, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. Verse 7. No one no one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. What is deceit? It just means lies, right? Anything that's deceiving, anything that is a lie, I will have no part with it. No one who practices it, makes it a practice, makes it a habit, I will have no part with it. It will not dwell in my house. I will make sure that it is rooted out from my home and consequently from my circle of influence because I don't want to be influenced with such kind of a negative behavior, such kind of a deadly behavior. So what he's essentially doing is engaging, resolving, deciding on those things that are life-giving, right? 
those resolutions that will give life to himself and to those that he comes into contact with, especially as a king. And he's saying, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. In other words, he's saying anything or anyone that practices deceit and continues to say lies are worthless. Because if you go back to verse 3, where he says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. And here is using the same phrase, before my eyes. He's saying, I will not set anything before my eyes that is worthless. And he gives a specific example of that in verse 7 saying, no one who utters lies will be set before my eyes, will be set in front of me. Because when I do that, it influences me negatively. And so he says, I will not do that because that is worthless. Finally, after making all these resolutions, what does he say? He says, verse 8, Morning by morning, I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. He's determining to do this every single day. He's determining to renew these resolutions, the commitment to these resolutions every single day. And he has to do that. And we have to do that to make sure that we are in line with the resolutions and the decisions that we made. It is good to reflect on what are some of the uh, goals and the decisions and the resolutions we've made to make sure that we are in alignment, alignment with them continually. And so David is saying, morning by morning, I will renew my commitment to these resolutions and I will make sure that I will destroy, that I will have no part with wickedness, that I will have no part with evil, no part with unrighteousness. And I will take active and conscious actions to make sure that I cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. That he would cut off all kinds of things that are evil, that are not good for the people, that are not good for himself. And he's making these resolutions in front of Yahweh. He's making these resolutions in front of God. He's making these resolutions as a loyalty to God first. He's making these resolutions because he wants to emulate the character of God. God himself in how he leads his people, in how he leads his kingdom with the attributes of mercy and judgment, with the attributes of loving kindness, steadfast love and justice. And that's how David wants to rule over his kingdom. But he understands very well that it begins privately. It begins in his home. He understands very well that private victories precede public successes, public victories. That a man ought to be victorious privately and secretly first before he or she can be victorious and successful in the public as God has intended or wants him to be or her to be. David understands that very well. So you and I, as we read these resolutions of King David and, and understand them and study them, understand that all of these apply to us as well in our spaces that we govern. How can we make an influence how can we be a light to the world? 
How can we be more Christ-like? It is by doing these kind of things. Imagine a ruler, a king, a leader leading a people, leading a nation this way. Let's continue to ponder upon this psalm and make these resolutions gradually but surely so that we also can be an impact in the world, in the neighborhood, in the community in which we are placed. Amen. God bless you.